Alawapa, friends. It's the second day of knowledge, the year 175 of the Badi calendar, October 17th, 2018. I have a little variety of passages to read to you today. The first is from some answered questions by Abdul Baha. We're going to read chapter 15, which is pages 78 through 80 in my copy, um, titled True Wealth. The honor and exaltation of every existing being depends upon causes and circumstances. The excellency, the adornment, and the perfection of the earth is to be verdant and fertile through the bounty of the clouds of springtime. Plants grow, flowers and fragrant herbs spring up, fruit-bearing trees become full of blossoms and bring forth fresh and new fruit. Gardens become beautiful and meadows adorned. Mountains and plains are clad in a green robe, and gardens, fields, villages, and cities are decorated. This is the prosperity of the mineral world. The height of exaltation and the perfection of the vegetable world is that a tree should grow on the bank of a stream of fresh water, that a gentle breeze should blow on it, that the warmth of the sun should shine on it, that a gardener should attend to its cultivation, and that day by day it should develop and yield fruit. But its real prosperity is to progress into the animal and human world and replace that which has been exhausted in the bodies of animals and men. The exaltation of the animal world is to possess perfect members, organs, and powers, and to have all its needs supplied. This is its chief glory, its honor and exaltation. So the supreme happiness of an animal is to have possession of green and fertile meadows, perfectly pure flowing water, and a lovely verdant forest. If these things are provided for, no greater prosperity can be imagined. For example, if a bird builds its nest in a green and fruitful forest, in a beautiful high place upon a strong tree, and at the top of a lofty branch, and if it finds all it needs of seeds and water, this is its perfect prosperity. But real prosperity for the animal consists in passing from the animal world to the human world, like the microscopic beings that through the water and air enter into man and are assimilated, and replace that which has been consumed in his body. This is the great honor and prosperity for the animal world. No greater honor can be conceived for it. Therefore, it is evident and clear that this wealth, this comfort, and this material abundance form the complete prosperity of minerals, vegetables, and animals. No riches, wealth, comfort, or ease of the material world is equal to the wealth of a bird. All the areas of these plains and mountains are its dwelling, and all the seeds and harvests are its food and wealth, and all the lands, villages, meadows, pastures, forests, and wildernesses are its possessions. Now which is the richer, this bird or the most wealthy man? For no matter how many seeds it may take or bestow, its wealth does not decrease. Then it is clear that the honor and exaltation of man must be something more than material riches. Material comforts are only a branch, but the root of the exaltation of man is the good attributes and virtues which are the adornments of his reality. These are the divine appearances, the heavenly bounties, the sublime emotions, the love and knowledge of God, universal wisdom, intellectual perception, scientific discoveries, justice, equity, 
truthfulness, benevolence, natural courage and innate fortitude, the respect for rights and the keeping of agreements and covenants, rectitude in all circumstances, serving the truth under all conditions, the sacrifice of one's life for the good of all people, kindness and esteem for all nations, obedience to the teachings of God, service in the divine kingdom, the guidance of the people and the education of the nations and races. This is the prosperity of the human world. This is the exaltation of man in the world. This is eternal life and heavenly honor. These virtues do not appear from the reality of man except from the power of God and the divine teachings, for they need supernatural power for their manifestation. It may be that in the world of nature a trace of these perfections may appear, but they are unstable and ephemeral. They are like the rays of the sun upon the wall. As the compassionate God has placed such a wonderful crown upon the head of man, man should strive that its brilliant jewels may become visible in the world. I'm going to read now from Prescription for Living. It was written by Ruhia Kanum. Um, I was lucky enough to get this copy from a table that was being offered of free, slightly used books at our unit convention, and I saw this because it was red, and I grabbed it up, and I opened the cover, and there's a signature on the inside cover, which made it even more of a treasure. Um, the signature says, With Deep Love, Ali Nakshavani. So this is a very special book to me. I wanted to read to it, uh, read from it to you, uh, because there was a, a passage on page 62 and 63 that is, um, it just is very touching. It begins, The mere word kindness is grateful to our ears. So much good is implied in it. So much lightening of loads so much brightening of dark lives. It is compounded of so many warm, noble things. Once it is a manifestation of pity, once of sympathy, once of love, once of justice. It can flow from so many things in our souls. Sometimes we are kind because we are happy, sometimes because our hearts are broken, sometimes because we think it our duty sometimes because we look on it as our greatest privilege. It manifests itself in a thousand ways. This time it is kind not to do something, not to laugh at the ineptness of another, the foolishness of adolescence, the solemn ridiculousness of a child's act or speech, or not to notice the deformity or embarrassment of someone less fortunate than ourselves. That time it was kind to praise, to encourage, to be gallant, sometimes through a smile, sometimes through a word, sometimes through an act we can show kindness. But of one thing we can be certain, that every bit of it we give out in this world, no matter how great the benefits it confers, does us more good than it can ever do anyone else. Our kindness releases in us spiritual enzymes, to borrow a term from the biologists, which help digest our own hard substances. Our selfishness, our greediness, our prejudices, and our inhibitions are directly affected by the kindness we show to others. 
I'm going to continue also our reading of the hidden words of Baha'u'llah. Right now we are on the 13th hidden word from the Arabic. O son of spirit, I created thee rich. Why dost thou bring thyself down to poverty? Noble I made thee. Wherewith dost thou abase thyself? Out of the essence of knowledge I gave thee being. Why seekest thou enlightenment from anyone beside me? Out of the clay of love I molded thee. How dost thou busy thyself with another? Turn thy sight unto thyself, that thou mayest find me standing within thee, mighty, powerful, and self-subsisting. I'm going to close today with a prayer from the Baha'i Prayer Book, as always, um, pages 22 and 23, for aid and assistance. Lord, pitiful are we, grant us thy favor. Poor, bestow upon us a share from the ocean of thy wealth. Needy, do thou satisfy us. Abased, give us thy glory. The fowls of the air and the beasts of the field receive their meat each day from thee, and all beings partake of thy care and loving kindness. Deprive not this feeble one of thy wondrous grace, and vouchsafe by thy might unto this helpless soul thy bounty. Give us our daily bread, and grant thine increase in the necessities of life, that we may be dependent on none other but thee, may commune wholly with thee, may walk in thy ways, and declare thy mysteries. Thou art the Almighty, and the Loving, and the Provider of all mankind. Abdu'l-Baha. I want to thank you for joining me today at Scattering Angels. It is truly a pleasure to read these passages to you. I hope you have a wonderful, bright, shining day, and we will be back on Friday. Thank you.